Moncrief on News Talk. Now, following up on a commitment in the programme for government, the Children's Minister, Roderick O'Gorman, has announced that it will ban conversion therapy, a practice claiming that it can cure people of homosexuality. It's not widespread in the Republic, though it did take place quite a bit in Northern Ireland. Someone with direct experience of that is Dr Gareth Patterson, now a GP living in London. Good afternoon, Gareth. Good afternoon, Sean. So I assume as a starting point, your attitude towards your sexuality was very much informed by your religious belief at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Very much, Sean. I grew up in a, I suppose, a reasonably conservative but evangelical community in the north of Ireland, um, which, and which was a very uh, informative part of my upbringing and certainly informed the choices I made around my sexuality. Mm. And, and so when you'd go to church on a weekly basis, were you hearing messages all the time about your sexuality? Very, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, certainly on, on occasions and on many occasions, I would have heard it in a very blatant and direct way. In other times, it would have been uh, in, a more, in more subtle forms. That could be something as simple as attending a church service where a minister would say in a church service that the only recognized form of marriage would be between a man and a woman so i suppose in my experience of of church and christianity that's that sense of of what i was receiving was was on a spectrum mm. and what age were you when you started to think that perhaps your feelings were at variance with that i'd say, i'd say probably late primary age starting into high school i was definitely aware that there was something something different about me yeah and at the time what was your reaction to that to just pray and hope it would go away yeah and something that i felt so ashamed of that i really couldn't share with anybody i carried that for on my own for many years sean and it was a real insidious and and festering sense of something being wrong that needed to be different and I would do anything I could to try and change it. Mm. So did you reach a kind of a tipping point where you had to go to your family and say, I have these feelings, I don't want them and what can we do about it? Uh, yeah, actually, the first person I told was a close friend and then followed not too long after that uh, by sharing with my minister. Um, the decision to 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 dip into and to step into therapy to try and change my sexuality was actually a decision I made on my own and nobody was even aware of at the time. Hmm. I was so, so strong was the sense of shame and ill feeling towards myself that I felt I'd no other other choice really. Yeah, and and, and so uh, the people that you did tell, what 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 was their reaction? How would you categorize that? I mean, it's it, it certainly there, there. It was received with with kindness and with love, but. At the same time, a reminder of where their ide- Christian ideology lay, and, and and a reminder of what church doctrine was, you know, and it was mm. impossible away from that for me. Right. So, so you, you signed yourself up to do that, and it was Exodus International. I think they were the, they're, they're kind of an American outfit, really, aren't they? Yeah. So I was really just it was just sort of a frantic search on Google, and I came across Exodus International, which was a an ex-gay Christian organization, which no longer now exists, thankfully, but uh, in North America. Um, and I sent them an email expressing for the first time to anybody how I felt and what I was going through. And they then directed me towards somebody in the north of Ireland that I could speak to directly for help. OK, so if you could take us through what is that process of, uh, of conversion therapy? Yeah, I think it probably can take on very, very a number of different forms, Sean. Uh, for me, it started as attending... A psychiatrist for one-to-one therapy, 
and then not long after that moved into more group-based therapy which was actually therapy with a group of men some of whom identified as, as straight but who had concerns and um, uncertainties about their sense of manhood um, but in essence it was majority a group of men who were from a Christian background who felt same-sex attracted as we as we termed it then, and who wanted help to change to become straight. Mm. And in your one-to-one sessions with the psychiatrist, what what was your sense of, you know, what was he driving at? Was he looking for some kind of reason why you felt the way you felt? Yeah, I think I can remember quite early on a a bit of a focus being placed upon my parents and parenting techniques or styles or the way in which I was parented and also circumstances around their own marriage and relationship and a suggestion that perhaps I was the way I was because of those lived experiences and traumas Um, and that was probably the very first time I ever thought about myself in that way and thought about my sexuality perhaps the consequence of the way in which I've been brought up. Oh gosh and did you mention this to your parents? No again it was just I think the shame Sean and the sense of of, of difference and variance and, and brokenness within me. It was something that I really that kept to myself and only mentioned to those that I felt I, yeah, yeah, who maybe perhaps could help in a way. And I mm. just felt that was something I felt I could bring to my parents or, or wanted to. Yeah. And, and, and for the group sessions then, what would happen in these group sessions? Uh, it, it again took on various forms. Um, it, lots of sharing um so we were all given opportunities to talk about what we were going through what we'd been through what we were struggling with um there was a lot of support in that group sean it was the first time in my life where i'd been part of a group of men where i felt seen and heard and there was a real sense of encouragement in that which was very helpful so i can't say that every aspect of my experience of those types of therapy was negative there were certainly some points of parts of it that were positive having felt very alone in my manhood for many years because of what i was going through it was it was a very comforting feeling to be seen for the first time and to be accepted um but yes yeah, so lots of sharing lots of talking and um, the therapist trying to explain and help us to understand maybe reasons why we felt the way we did so it could be that we had abnormal curiosities about the male form um, that perhaps we hadn't connected appropriately with men in our younger years, be they our fathers or other male elders or figurehead figures in our lives. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, so it was, it, it looked different every week. Yeah. How long were you doing this for? Uh, well, again, it took various forms. I mean, that type of therapy is something maybe I did for a couple of years, but then I also did more church-based uh, biblical study type sessions that were delivered by Christian organizations, primarily uh, Bible focused based on trying to inform and reform sexuality. But all in all, I probably was in various forms of therapy for about four years, I would say. And at any point, did you feel it was working? Uh, I certainly didn't feel that my sexuality was changing, but I suppose there was a sense that perhaps the sense of collegiality and euphoria I felt in being seen at times created a sense of positive emotion that made me think that something good was happening. Uh, but there's no doubt at no point, <laughs> no point did I feel that my my sexuality was changing. Uh, but I guess I just thought that I was doing the right thing and so I would continue on. Yeah, well, but then uh, I, 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 I imagine a harder road for you at the end of that four years or towards the end of that four years when you realised it hadn't changed anything. 
Yeah, and again, I mean, I mean, I was from a young age, so I was started attending these sessions when I was nineteen twenty. So you know, for any man, woman, you know, young man, that's a very formative time of life. So there's lots of change going on in my life anyway, and so almost this almost was came hand in hand along with the journey that any one of us make as young men as we start to learn and understand ourselves. So I think by the end of it. I, I just I probably got to the end of my tether with it and it just really it just it just faded out of my life really Sean and then it, it was really the years thereafter then and then the awakening and I guess as the scales fell from the eyes and I kind of understood more of what I had put myself through and the things that I'd heard and seen for very for many years through church exposure etc that maybe that was more when there was an epiphany and a realization that that there were you know that 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 I had, yeah, that I had been exposed to something that was damaging, and and I wouldn't ever do it again. Yeah, and that epiphany, I I take it from what you said, that was quite a gradual process for you. Definitely was, yeah. I mean, I mean, in the early days, even after leaving conversion therapy, I still I I, I made a statement to support a, a guy that's involved with it in the north of Ireland. It, it was almost in a positive one of support, you know, because at the time, it really, I mean, I was, I suppose. I, I didn't know any better. I still was involved in the evangelical Christian scene at that time. So for me, even though I wasn't part of the therapy, there was still a sense that my sexuality was broken and that, you know, that the only way that could be redeemed was through an act of God. So at that stage, I probably didn't have a sense of that was wrong and I shouldn't be doing that. It was more of a sense of this isn't working and it's probably not right for me. Let's move on. But it took a number of years before I really saw it for what it was as I probably moved away from my my, my Christian background. And did you start to see ways in which it had negatively affected you? Oh, very much so. Yeah, like, you know, anxiety, depression, suicidality, you know. Uh, and that, I mean, that's those are all complex issues that are multifaceted in form, I'm sure, by many different experiences I've had as a person. But there's no doubt that my experience of church and conversion therapy and different types of therapy around that, that had me feel like I was, that there was something wrong about me um, mm. and that I was, felt very much alone in that, definitely informed my sense of self, my self-confidence and self-understanding and awareness. I imagine, though, it must be rather odd for you because this was your community you grew up with and it was probably well-intended, even if it was poss- uh, potentially severely damaging. Yeah, and I think it's really important to say that, Sean. You know, I still have friends. I now live in London, but I still have many friends at home, some of whom are still very much a part of the communities that I was a part of when I was younger, and I still have a lot of love for them. And I think in any of these debates, we do have to be mindful of the fact that there are lots of really good, well-intentioned people that exist within these church spaces in Ireland who wouldn't wish any harm on anybody. But where I guess the difficulty comes is, is, is the understanding that when you're outside of that looking in, the doctrine and held beliefs of many of these people is one that really, when you pick it apart, is incredibly insulting and potentially very damaging to those who are vulnerable and maybe other or different to, to many that exist within those spaces and also those that do exist within. So there are lots of incredibly good and kind people within the church space. Equally, there are people within the church space who, who totally are accepting and embracing of people of all different types of sexuality, you know, and there's a whole spectrum within the church. But yeah, so it, yeah, it's, it's, it has been hard to, to bring those two worlds of mine together, but I try my best to do it. Yeah, and, and uh, that world now, how does it re- regard you? Is it somewhat uncomfortable given what you've decided to do with your life? Uh, yeah, there have been some, certainly. There's friends that I've, friendships I've definitely stepped away from because of things said. Um, but I think for the most part, 
and I think maybe because my journey was a slow one, Sean, it also meant that others maybe were able to come to terms with it a bit more easily because it happened over really a decade, you know, mm. um, overnight things. So I think, you know, those that I'm still close with from the from that time in my life are still, are, 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 are for the most part supportive of me, which I can, I'm very grateful for. And that's not the case for everybody. I definitely knew that. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm lucky in that regard. Yeah. Does that include your family as well? Yeah, it does. It yeah. does, yeah. Uh, did it affect your religious belief? Um, I mean, I think at the time, when I, as a younger Christian, I, it probably would have strengthened my religious belief because out of desperation, I threw myself into my belief in the hope that it would change things. Uh, I think now, um, if I'm honest, I, I, I wouldn't regard myself as a Christian uh, or a believer in that God. I would say I'm more agnostic at best. Um, but I certainly, yes, for, for that and, for, and many other reasons, I wouldn't uh, be a subscribe. I wouldn't subscribe to the beliefs of the Christian church nor be a part of it. Yeah. Did, did, had that entire experience left, do you think, any permanent marks on you? Or are you now, you know, pretty well-adjusted, happy gay man living in London? Yeah, no, I would say I am that. I mean, I'm sure, listen, I think life is a journey for all of us and I would never claim to say that I am a, you know, I still have work to do in myself as I think we all do as time goes by, that never changes. But I I can confidently and happily say that I am a, a very contented, satisfied man who is very comfortable in who he is and in the life that he's living and very happy to share that with other people. Well, that's lovely to hear. Dr. Gareth Patterson is a GP who lives in London. Gareth, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you, Sean. And one texter says some of these services are still today available, uh, which is worrying. Yeah, there may be some of it uh, still going on in Northern Ireland. Now, I think there's a big debate in Northern Ireland, too, about putting a ban in force. But of course, uh, there's no government there uh, to agree to put a ban in force. We have to wait for Stormont to get back together uh, until there's any chance of that happening. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.